We are Hope Church Guildford. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering. We hope you can join us at the Royal Grammar School on Guildford High Street, Sundays at 10am. Enjoy the message. Good morning. I'm so looking forward to the Commission Festival and next year. It's been a while coming, so I need to get signed up to that. And my name's Stuart, I'm one of the elders here, and I'm going to be uh, speaking this morning on 2 Corinthians, introducing that series. Um, I'm going to be sort of giving a quick overview of the letter, um, and then we're going to be looking a bit at chapter one. So as the children, your children are very welcome to come down to our comfort zone down the front. Um, bring your, if you brought anything cuddly, then, then do bring that along. Um, so if you want to come down now... I'll make a little bit of space for you. Um, and there's some, if you want to grab a Bible, um, children, then a few of you will it'd be good, good if you had that. Um, if as an adult you would like to have a Bible, please put your hand up and someone in the welcome team will bring a Bible to you. It'd be great to um, have one to hand as we look across the letter and particularly at chapter one. So the children are going to start off down here in our comfort zone because we're talking about the God of all comfort this morning. And uh, later on, they'll be doing something uh, to serve you there at the back. Um, and the youth are in and with us as well. If you want to stay where you are, you're welcome. There's some seats down the front. Uh, there's Patrick's over there with some seats at the back there. So do go and join him over there. Great. Um, so do enjoy the comfort zone, but I think the, the cuddly toys have done their acrobatics this morning, so do keep them under control. And uh, I just invite you to turn to 2 Corinthians in your Bible. Um, we're looking at authentic church, working together through challenging times. That's the name of our series this term. So let's start off with um, yeah, and the children and... Um, the adults are going to be working through this letter together. So it's good that we're all starting off um, together. Let's start off um, with a reading. We'll just start with the first two verses. So if you have two, 2 Corinthians 1 in front of you, and I think Evelyn is coming to read those two verses. Do you want to come up? Have you got the two verses? Great. 2 Corinthians, Paul an apostle, apostle of Jesus by the will of God and Timothy our brother to church of God in Corinth together with all his holy people throughout the choir. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Lovely, thank you Evelyn. So keep those verses in front of you. And children, I need your attention now because we're going to do a quiz um, and I want you to keep your own score. So you've got to be honest. And adults, you can join in with this as well. And the first question is this. The Bible is full of um, books. They're all kind of put together in one volume. What type of book is this? Is it a poem? Is it a song? Is it a story? Has anyone got any ideas what type of book this is? Um, yes, Evelyn. It's, non, it's non-fiction, absolutely. It's real, isn't it? Absolutely. And Reuben, what were you going to say? It's some answers, definitely. Yeah, Elliot. 
It's a letter, brilliant. I put a little clue on the, on the screen for you. So if you thought it was a letter, then you score a point. Um, so it is a letter, it's a letter in history from someone, we'll go into that in a minute, um, to a particular group of people. So we need to understand the history there. So that's the first question. One mark if you, if you got it, it was a letter. Okay, the next question is, and you want to have those verses, those first two verses in front of you, who wrote the letter? Anyone else got an answer for us? Um, Cameron? Okay, Paul, any other ideas? Evelyn? So. Okay, so the, um, if, you, if you said Paul, that's half a point. Um, if you said, yeah, Timothy, you get the other half of the point. So the, the answer is Paul and Timothy. Slight trick question. Another, tr another quick trick question coming up. Um, third question, who is it written to? Again, the answer's in the Bible there. Any ideas? Who is it to? Yep, Timo. It's to the church, in the, to the Corinthians, great. Um, so if you said it's to Corinth or the church in Corinthians, you get half a mark. Anyone else want to pitch for the other half mark? Reuben? to the Church of God in Corinth, yeah. And the other half mark is for um, the people in the wider region of Achaia. So that's the other half mark. So up to the maximum of three points so far. Uh, let's have a look at the picture because what do all these names mean? We don't live in this area. So on the, on the screen, you'll see um, the area of Greece as we know it now. And what you see is that Paul is writing from Macedonia. That's kind of up in the top half of Greece, as we know it now. And he's writing to the church in Corinth, which you can see is down towards the bottom of the screen. And there's a sort of yellow arrow, which shows part of, he's on, he's on his third missionary journey. And he's gone all the way, started at Ephesus, and he's on his way to Corinth, but he's taking a while to get there. So he's kind of about halfway. He's writing from um, the northern part from Macedonia. So there you go. If you said um, Corinth, half mark, Achaia area, another half mark. Okay, how many chapters is this, has this book got? So you need to do a bit of leaf, uh, a bit of page turning, children, um, to work out into the book of 2 Corinthians, how many chapters altogether? Because we're going to be going through all of them this term. Timo? 13, great. That's a, that's a, that's a full, part, full point for 13. Um, and okay, next trick question coming up. How many letters did Paul write to the church in Corinth? Okay, so there's some clues in your Bible. Uh, this is 2 Corinthians, that's a clue. Anyone got any ideas? How many letters did Paul Timothy, write to the church in Corinth. Yeah, Talia. Naya, sorry. Two. Great. 
So that's, a, that's an obvious answer. Anyone got any update on two? You went, this is very difficult. If you said two, you get half a mark. Um, let me just take you through this a little bit. So if you go back to the, the book of 1 Corinthians, um, adults, feel free to check these references. In 1 Corinthians 5, um, Paul actually makes a, a reference to a letter that he'd written to the Corinthians before that in 1 Corinthians 5, 9. So there's a letter that he sent before he wrote 1 Corinthians. We don't have that anymore. That's lost in history. Then he wrote 1 Corinthians, which we do have in the Bible. Um, then in 2 Corinthians 2, you might want to quickly look at this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, he mentions a tearful letter. He and the Corinthians have had a difficult time. Um, and he wrote a tearful letter um, after a painful visit. Didn't go well. So he wrote this tearful letter, which had an effect. And then after that, Paul wrote the letter which we're looking at, which is in the Bible, 2 Corinthians. So if you said two, you get half a mark. But if you said four or more, because there might be more that we're not aware of, but we, we, there was at least four either in the New Testament or referenced, that's a whole mark. Okay, last question. Um, when was this book written? And Lucy, you might want to grab a few of the study guides um, and the answer is in is on page six of there, if you have a look. Um, so how long ago was this book written? Um, we don't know exactly, but on page six, there's a little timeline which gives a clue uh, for that. Any ideas? Evelyn. Brilliant. Okay, so we don't know exactly, but some, at some point on his missionary journey in AD 57, 50, 53 to 57, um, this book was written. So that's a point if you've got any date between about 52 and 57 AD. So um, there you go. Did anyone get um, more than three points? Put your hands up if you got more than three points. Uh, keep your hand up if you've got more than four points. More than four and a half. If you've got five points, keep your hand up. Okay. If you've got five and a half points, keep your hand up. Some hands going up again here. This is a bit strange. And anyone get six points? No. Okay. So if you got... Um, if you got five and a half points, maybe Lucy, you could, um, or Catherine, maybe you could give a few of the prizes out to the people who got the most. There you go. Brilliant. Well done. And what we're going to do now is we're actually going to hand out our study guides to all the adults now. So when you've negotiated about um, Haribo, um, maybe Lucy and Catherine, you could take the box of study guides and we want each um, adult in the room to have one of these guides, please. And this is going to be your study guide for the terms. So, children, can you grab a few books? And you maybe want to grab a few at a time. 
to make this uh, happen. Um, and then in a minute, if you still haven't got one, then put, wave your hand and the children can bring you one. So these are your study guides on the book of 2 Corinthians. Um, you can keep it, you can write in it, you might want to put your name in it. And we're going to use these in our life groups this term. It's a little plug for life groups to um, get stuck into one if, if you can. And uh, we're going to be working through, I think, all of the studies in this book, except for one of them, number four. We won't have time for that one. Um, and each of the studies in the study guide is roughly two of these talks. So I'm, I'm talking today, and Chris is talking next Sunday, and then there'll be a life group to cover those two talks. So it more or less works like that. When you, when you get your study guide, you might want to turn to page six, just to sort of give, have a look at the sort of timeline there. Um, if you turn to page 16, that's an example of a blank page, so feel free to make notes. Um, and <laughs> there's, there's a few of them sprinkled throughout. You can, you can write some notes there and keep it all together. Um, turn to page 69 if you want for uh, the map of the region. Now, um, also, the back of the uh, the back of the um, book, there's all the answers. So, um, leaders, don't don't mention this to keep this quiet. It's a bit like one of those school textbooks where you've got to do the maths questions, but and not and resist the temptation to look at the answers in the back first. Um, so, page seven's got our first study, which we'll do at the first life group. Okay, so hopefully everyone's got a. Um, Got one of those. Right, we've done the quiz answers. Let's have a just quick look at the main themes. So some, some, some of the themes in 2 Corinthians uh, quickly. Healthy church relationships. They take time and effort. And Paul is encouraging us to, to persevere even when things are tough and messy. Secondly, everything we do should be built upon Jesus' life and death. That's how we should live our lives as Christians. Thirdly, God uses weak people like us. So the picture in the background is a jar of clay. And famously, that comes up in chapter four of this letter, which we'll come to in a few weeks. And then probably the longest um, bit in the Bible on financial giving is in chapters eight and nine and so we'll come to that later in the term and Paul shows that when we give um, it shows that God has transformed us from the inside okay I'm going to invite our next reader to come up so that we've got um, verses three to seven so I think Luke is are you coming up to read verses three to seven so if you turn back to your Bibles um, and we'll look at these verses Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with comfort, with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For we, for just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds with Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. 
if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. Thanks very much, Luke. Well done. Did anyone notice how many times the word comfort or a variation appeared in that reading? Seven times. Um, so quite a lot. We've, got, we've got actually got our memory. We're going to do a memory verse now. So um, children, if you could um, join in with this as well. We're going to take this uh, part of verse three and we're going to try to memorize it because it kind of sums up a lot of what we're looking at today. So um, he is the father of compassion and the God of all comfort. That's our memory verse. Um, and the reference is 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3. So let's just say that together. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to start taking away some of the words. So children, if you want to join in with this... Remember those words because I'm about to get rid of some of the words. Um, let's say it one more time while it's all on the screen. So together, he is the father of compassion and the God of all comfort. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3. Okay, let's get rid of some words. Oh dear. Let's try again all together. He is the God of all comfort, of compassion, sorry, and the God of all comfort. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3. Let's get rid of some more words. Together. He is the God of Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3. Okay, we've got nothing at all now. Should we try it? together. He is the father of compassion and the God of all comfort. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3. Well done. And clearly I should have done some more memorizing before the service. Um, there'll be a chance for any children who want to see if they can come and recite that later on. There'll be a prize for anyone who can do that um, later. So... That is our memory verse. What is comfort? So we've got this, this idea of the God of all comfort. But you might think, well, God is kind of invisible and he's a long way away. And, um, you know, this, this might be my idea of comfort and God can't really come and give me a cuddle like that. So we're just going to have a look at some ideas of what does, what's comfort about? Um, Okay, so we'll go through a few ideas. And again, you kind of have a think about whether this, is this kind of God's comfort as we go through some options? So, um, you know, fabric conditioner makes um, things soft. So is your idea of God's comfort sort of softening off life's hard edges and removing our troubles? That's one possibility. Okay, next possibility. Um, or I could have put a box of chocolates up there. So something, something about kind of making us feel better, hiding our pain, making us kind of blot it all out. Is that what we expect God to do? Okay, and third option. Um, you know, is it like a magic? Does he kind of, does God magic away our troubles? Does he, 
Do we pray to God and immediately he takes the pain away and he kind of helps us to kind of escape our situation? A fourth option is um, like a first aid kit. Does God patch us up when we're in pain and then sends us back into the fight? And fifth and final option here, um, like someone putting a hand on his shoulder, reassuring us, standing with us in the midst of the suffering and hardship. So I invite you to pick one of those um, as, a, as a sort of image of, of what you think the God of comfort is. Well, let's, let me give you my thoughts on that. Um, So, the fabric conditioner, no, God doesn't um, remove us from our troubles, doesn't make life all sort of soft and cuddly. And, you know, Paul is a prime example of this. Later in 2 Corinthians, he, he kind of lists out what his life's been like. He says, um, five times I, I received lash, 40 lashes, three times I was beaten with rods, once I was pelted with stones, three times I was shipwrecked, I spent a day and a night in the open sea, I have been constantly on the move, I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellows, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in the country, at sea, and in danger from false believers. So that's in chapter 11. God doesn't just take away life's challenges. So I don't think the fabric condition is a great image. What about the bottle of alcohol? Um, no, I don't think God wants to just... Um, medicate us and hide away from the pain because it doesn't really solve anything does it and it's worse when it wears off and you realize the problem's still there i don't think that's a good one what about the magic wand and pulling something out of a hat no um chapter verse four of our chapter says god comforts us in our troubles rather than magicking them away so in the midst of our troubles what about Patching us up with the first aid kit. Well, maybe is it a little bit kind of closer to the answer? Yes, he does strengthen and fortify us and sustain us in the challenges of life, but maybe not in terms of his comfort is deeper than just a sticking plaster, isn't it? So I think the best image here, the God of all comfort, is that person putting their hand on the shoulder, maybe a hug. And standing alongside in the midst of troubles. So yes, he is the father of compassion, our memory verse says. His comfort is through relationship that fortifies us and produces, we'll see in verse 6, patient endurance through our sufferings. So what does that mean in practice? Well, maybe it might mean how will God's kind of strengthen us and comfort us? Maybe as we read the Bible. God will speak truth that reassures us. Maybe as we pray, God gives us peace through his Holy Spirit. As we gather and have fellowship, God actually encourage us, encourages us through fellow believers. And as we rest in God, he gives us hope for the future. So the children are personalizing some bookmarks for us for um, our memory verse. Um, so by the end 
hopefully they'll have some bookmarks to distribute for you to use in your study guide, and there'll be a prize for the nicest one of those. But while we um, continue to look at these verses, let's kind of look at, let's look a little bit more of that word compassion. Um, verse 3 tells us that he's the father of compassion. Well, what is compassion? I don't know if you can read that, but, um, and I'm not claiming to sort of know the Latin here, but kind of it's, the word compassion is formed originally of two words, com as in with and patty, I think it is, to suffer. So it's like suffering with, that's what the word means, um, which might be a little bit kind of different from how we might think of the word compassion. Suffering with us. And ultimately, God's compassion is shown at the cross of Jesus, isn't it? Where Jesus came down and he suffered alongside us. Indeed, he suffered more than us. On the cross, he took the suffering that is due to us because of our sin. And Jesus can genuinely come alongside us and say, I know what it's like. He knows what it's like to be a frail person in a fallen world. Let's give a few examples of the suffering that he experienced. He experienced the death of a close friend. He experienced the betrayal of someone close to him. He was attacked verbally by those who disagreed with them, and he was physically beaten and killed by the authorities. And at that time of, um, of great trial, he was abandoned by all that were closest to him, all his followers. Jesus knows what it's like. And verse 5 says, For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. So we share in his sufferings, but our comfort abounds at the same time. If we follow Jesus, we can expect trials and sufferings in this life, and indeed it says sharing abundantly in the sufferings of Christ. But then... And uh, the great encouragement from this verse is that our comfort abounds through Christ. So the more we face trials, the more comfort we will receive from him. He will always give us enough comfort to get us through. So that's my first key point today. God's comfort abounds in the midst of trials. God's comfort abounds in the midst of trials. But why, why do we have these trials? Why can't he just magic them away? Well, one reason is so that we can comfort those, comfort others with the comfort we have received. And that's back in verse 4. Um, if we receive his comfort, this gives meaning to, to our trials. God is equipping us to help others. A number of years ago, I trained as a counsellor, and I remember one of the things that I was taught in my training was, don't glibly say to someone who's struggling, yeah, I know how you feel, unless you, you've kind of experienced something similar, because otherwise it sounds hollow. If you just say, yeah, I know how it's feel, but you've never gone through that, it's, it doesn't sound great. But if we have experienced hardship in our lives and experienced God's comfort in the midst of that, We'll know better how to help someone else going through a similar time. And we might do this practically in a number of ways. It might be sending them a card or a gift. It might be offering them a hug or 
taking the time to listen to them and pray with them. It might be hearing from God's Spirit and being led to offer them a particular Bible verse that speaks into the situation. It might be getting alongside them and really encouraging them to keep going. And sometimes we're better doing this comforting others in a group. Sometimes life groups in this church perhaps offer a meal train when people are just struggling to to do the basics. You might have your own way of offering comfort to others. Note from verse 3 that God is the God of all comfort. So actually when we're comforting other people, we're actually acting on God's behalf to give comfort to them. If you ever wonder, oh, why can't God just come down and give me a hug while I'm going through all of this? Well, when a brother or sister in Christ comes and gives you a hug or offers you comfort, that's from God. I think that's what this verse is saying in verse 3, because all comfort comes from God. So the second key point today is we are to share God's comfort with others. Could we have our third reader? It's going to be Josh. And we're going to be looking at verses 8 to 11 from our passage. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us, as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted to us in answer to the prayers of many. Great. Thank you very much. Um, so these are our final verses we're looking at today. Um, just a reminder of um, where this is about. Um, so we've had reference in these verses to um, the sufferings back in Asia. So Paul started his third missionary journey when he's writing this letter back in Ephesus. And if you're familiar with the book of Acts, you know some of the uh, difficulties that he had there and some of the uh, opposition and attacks he had on him. So he's talking about his time back in Asia, having had some real hardship there. And um, these, these were extreme trials. He talks in verse 8 here about being beyond our ability to endure. So he and Timothy, they didn't know if they're going to get through this. Their trials led to despair, didn't they? In verse 8, far beyond our ability to endure. So that we despaired of life itself and hopelessness. We felt we'd received the sentence of death. That sounds very heavy, doesn't it? But these trials had a purpose there in verse 9. This happened so that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God. They were really hard, these trials, but Paul recognises that God had purpose in them. Um, I remember one year in my uh, career, um, a number of years ago, I 
had a really difficult year. Um, I was very anxious about my work, and I remember waking up many mornings about five o'clock in the morning, and my heart was racing. Uh, just like literally as I woke up, it was horrible um, because of my anxiety about the day ahead. And what this led to was, although it was hard, it led me to increasingly lean on God because I kind of knew that it was beyond my ability to endure. And I needed God's help to get through the day. Um, it was horrible at the time, but it actually, for me, had a spiritual legacy because I learned that year that I was fragile and needed God's daily help. Um, I can't say it was a deadly peril, but I could say with Paul and Timothy, he delivered me from such a peril. And now I know that he will deliver me again. By deliver, um, just to be clear, I don't think it means that God magics us out of that situation. And it's certainly in the situation in that year, he didn't kind of get me out of that situation nearly as quickly as I would have liked. But he did sustain me in the midst of it all. And he did provide people who would encourage me. So my third and final point is that our sufferings and struggles and trials have purpose. Okay. What is the purpose? Well, there's clues in our passage. Verse 6, so that we may develop patient endurance. So we're going to last. Verse 9, so that we might rely on God. We've just been looking at that. Uh, verse 10, that we can have hope that he will, because he delivered us this time, that he will deliver us, deliver us again. And then verse 11 Another purpose of our sufferings is that believers might gather together and pray for one another and give thanks when he does help us through. So some really good um, points here that Paul makes about the, the purpose of our trials and struggles. Okay. We, um, that was all I wanted to say on the passage this morning. So... The young people at the back have been working very hard at um, personalizing some memory verses. So I don't know if we have uh, some prizes. So the best ones have we got? Maybe we'll kind of sort them out in a minute. But young children, when you're ready, do you want to start taking the memory verse bookmarks around to the rest of the congregation? Um, and are there any of the children that would like to come up and see if they can do a better job than me at, at reciting the memory verse I'll let, you, I'll let you get on with distributing so um these are for you to put in your study guides so you remember where you are. Um, you can practice your memory verse. While the children are doing this, I'm just going to review the key points from the talk. So God, God's comfort abounds in the midst of trials. Secondly, we are to share God's comfort with others. And thirdly, our trials have purpose. So should we have one more go?
at the memory verse, there it is, for the last time, and then we'll get, let's have a go at it together. So, all together, he is the father of compassion and the God of all comfort. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3. Brilliant. Give yourself a round of applause. <laughs> Has anyone not got a bookmark? Yeah, put your hand up. There's a, there's a few. Deborah's still missing one. Jackie's still missing one. Matt's still missing one. Okay, good. Um... we're going to do now is we're just going to respond in prayer and then we're all going to um, do a song together from a video. So what I just invite you to do as, as we kind of reflect on the God of all comfort is just to think of a situation um, for you. It might be, you might feel great sorrow at the passing of Queen Elizabeth. There might be something else going on in your life where you would really be blessed by God's comfort. So I just invite each of us to bring to mind a situation where we would value God's comfort. And perhaps also a situation in someone else's life where we might be able to bless them by offering God's comfort to them. And I'm just going to pray as we, as we bring those situations to mind. We thank you, Lord, that you are the father of compassion and the God of all comfort. We bring these situations to you and we ask for your comfort upon us at these times. We pray also that you would use us to reach out and to comfort others and to offer your comfort to those around us. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We meet on Sundays at 10am at the Royal Grammar School in Guildford. We look forward to seeing you.